Hey everyone, this is Stacey Lindis from Podcast PD, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out all of the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hey, leaders of learning. Thanks for joining me here on episode 21 of the podcast. I got a really good one in store this week. Uh, this episode is, I think, a long time coming. It's a really great topic, one that I'm very passionate about, and it's taken me, well, 21 episodes to bring it to you, but I think it was well worth the wait. The topic in this episode is embracing vulnerability and more specifically, what to do with those mistakes that we make, how to capitalize on making mistakes and turn them into learning experiences. If you know me professionally, you probably know that I'm a very big fan of growth mindset and part of that is reacting to mistakes and using them as part of the growth process in learning experiences. But I don't want you just to hear it from me. Of course, I brought in an expert in this area. John Harper is my guest on this episode. John has a couple of his own podcasts out there and one that he does by himself is called My Bad and on that show... John interviews other guests to literally talk about mistakes they've made in their professional lives that they've learned from and grown from and then hopefully have now turned them into opportunities to not make those mistakes again and to be better people and professionals because of them. So I hope you enjoy this interview with John. It's my pleasure to welcome onto the show John Harper. John, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Dan. Oh, it's my pleasure. And so uh, if you could, just before we get started here, introduce yourself, who you are, where you are, and what you do. Sure, Dan. I'm an assistant principal on the Eastern Shore of Maryland. This is probably my, uh, I should know the exact answer, but it's about my eighth year as an assistant principal. I taught in the classroom for 10 years, taught first all the way to fifth grade. I was a math coach for three years. I uh, was lucky enough to get national board certification while I was in the classroom, but in all honesty, didn't renew that once I became an administrator because that would require quite a bit of work. But as I said, I live on the Eastern Shore of Maryland with my wife and two wonderful kids and just happy to join you today. Sounds good. And so one of the biggest reasons why I, I really wanted to get you on the show, and, and thanks again for coming on, but is that I listen to your podcasts, and you have two of them out there. One in particular, um, I'm a big fan of, not that I'm not a fan of the other one, I shouldn't say it that way. But anyway, the, the one that I really wanted to talk to you about is the one you do uh, called My Bad. And so uh, just quickly explain what the premise of that show is, because I think it's really interesting, and I love listening to it. Sure. People come on My Bad and share one big mistake they made at some point during their career, or it could be like a series of mistakes or a pattern. And in all honesty, a lot of, some people think that my main goal of that is for people to learn from mistakes. And that that's actually a secondary goal. I, I do want people to learn from the mistakes that they hear on the podcast. But more than anything, my main thrust of the show is for people to realize that they're not alone in making mistakes and that it's, it's okay to be vulnerable. And you know, people come on and they, they bear their souls. I mean, some of the stories that are shared are really powerful and I'm very, very grateful and honored that, you know, they trust me with their story to tell. So I'm and, really glad that you mentioned that piece about, uh, you know, 
teachers, educators being vulnerable, because that's one of the things that you had mentioned to me when we set up this this interview, and I, I wanted to get you onto this podcast episode. You said that you want people to be vulnerable, but why is it important, do you think, for them to be vulnerable? I think it's so crucial that we're vulnerable, regardless of whether or not we're an administrator, a teacher, a parent, even a, even a student. Because pretty much everything, social media consumes us these days. And the thing is, everything we see on social media, the majority of what we see on social media is everybody's best. I call them, you know, airbrushed, perfect Kardashian images. And a lot of times what we do is we compare ourselves to these perfect images. And we think, you know, we should never make a mistake. A hair shouldn't be out of place. We should never mess up. We're not going to fail. And that's just not true. And I think when we have that kind of atmosphere, we have that kind of culture, whether it be in our building, our district, our classroom, our home, it creates a lot of anxiety because it, let, it makes people think that they can't make mistakes. And then when they do make mistakes, they feel like something's wrong with them. And so my thing is I want people to be vulnerable so that other people can hear it. And then it gives them the courage. I call it to step forward. I think I, I always say we have to step first. We have to be the ones to step out there first and, and be vulnerable. And then once we do it, other people see, well, you know what, that's all right. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay that John lost his temper. It's okay that John let his ego get in the way. You know, we don't try to repeat these mistakes, but, you know, we, we try to learn from them. See, that's so cool that you say that because, you know, for the listeners, they're probably used to this, and I'm not sure if you know, but, you know, with my show, I, I really love talking about, obviously, leadership and, and being a leader of learning. And I think that, you know, making mistakes, being vulnerable, learning from your mistakes, as you just said, you know, trying not to make the same mistake again over and over, that helps people both in terms of their leading and their learning. Um, and so you said you, you, one of the things you value is for other people to hear when, you know, the guests on your show are talking about the mistakes they made. So I'm wondering, have you learned about have you learned things about other people from talking to people about them making mistakes? Does that make sense? Well, what I'm learning is I'm just like them. I think so often we hear folks, we, we, we read people's books, we, we see people's articles, we hear them speak at a conference, and we think, oh my gosh, that, per that person is amazing, which they are, but we think that they're perfect and we think that they're infallible. They're never going to make a mistake. For example, Dave Burgess, I got to interview him. He was one of my earlier interviews. And for those that don't know him, he wrote Teach Like a Pirate. Probably a lot of listeners do, but if they don't, he wrote a book called Teach Like a Pirate, which is amazing. And he's the, one of the most energetic individuals I've ever seen speak in my life. I've never heard him in person, but I've seen videos of him and I had him on. And I can only imagine how he is in the classroom. But he actually came on and talked about how he had a lesson bomb, not just two periods in a row, but two years in a row. And to hear someone like Dave Burgess say, you know what, my lesson just bombed, it sucked, was powerful because you know other teachers think, oh my gosh, I messed up. It's awful. I'm awful. I'm a bad teacher. Well, no, we, we all mess up. I mean, even someone as engaging and you know as powerful a teacher as Dave Burgess messes up. So I think it teaches us about ourselves that we're okay and it allows us to give ourselves a little bit of grace. Are there any other trends or patterns in the types of mistakes that teachers are making um, or that at least they're willing to admit when they come onto your show? Yes, there actually are. There's a I've probably interviewed, I think by now it's been over over a hundred different people. And what I've noticed are there are six different kinds of mistakes. And I'm, I don't need to bring them all up now, but I'll be honest, the, the ones that I see the most often, and I know the ones that I mess up the most with are ego, when our ego gets in the way, power, when we, when we abuse our power. And then 
Another one that's very common is we don't know someone's full story before we act or judge or say something. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've, I've um, you know, since I've been listening to that show for a while now, I've kind of picked up on the same thing. And I think a lot of times what I hear is uh, your, your guests that you're interviewing say that they underestimated either themselves or or somebody else, whether that was because they were judging them, or like you said, their ego or their power got in the way. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's kind of what I've sensed as I've as I've listened. Absolutely, and it's so easy to happen. And I mean, I've I've learned a lot. It, it it makes me it's helped me to watch out for it. But I still make those mistakes. I still have my ego get in the way. I still have make mistakes that involve power. I still make mistakes where I don't know someone's full story, and yet I still might judge them or I might say something or I might act, but it, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it. And I think when other folks hear that, at least that it allows them to realize, you know what, maybe I'm not so bad because other folks make these same mistakes. So here's a, a burning question that I wanted to ask you about all this, because I think that, you know, I, I've studied growth mindset some and, uh, and I've talked to other people about it. I even had a hashtag going for a while, growth mindset edu. And a lot of people say that, you know, failure is a part of learning. And, and I, I've even said before, like the acronym fail for, is your first attempt in learning. How does this, in your opinion, play into the concept of growth mindset? Or do you not think it, it even does? I think it does somewhat. I think, I think if we're able to reflect honestly, I think that's the big thing. I think one of the first steps and one of the things that I'm so lucky to have our guests that are able to come on and fully admit their mistakes. And it comes through genuine self-reflection. And so I think when you're able to admit your mistake and reflect on it and be honest with yourself and say, you know what, I screwed up there, then you are able to take a step forward. You're able to grow. And there, there is that growth mindset. I think it's when, if someone else always has to point it out to us, then I think that's different. And, and with students, I know that's definitely different. But as adults, I think we have to be willing to accept our faults and be willing to admit them. And that's hard. That's hard because a lot of times we're someone who's in charge of a class or a building or a district. And it's not easy to admit that we're wrong about something. But until we do, you know, we're not able usually to step forward. The Leader of Learning podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. The Leader of Learning podcast is also a proud member of Voice Ed Radio, changing the way you talk about education. To listen to more great education content, please visit voiceed.ca. So uh, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, but one of the things that I think I heard you say right there was that basically in terms of someone's growth mindset or their ability to change anything uh, about themselves doesn't necessarily happen when other people kind of inform them of their mistakes, but it's really when it's internalized and it's conceptualized by the person who's made that mistake or that person who realizes that maybe there is something about them that they need to change. Is that what you're saying? I think I think so. I think it has to. In other words, if uh, let's say you're a classroom teacher and I were to go in and observe and say, you know what, Dan, that lesson was off. Well, you really messed up in this part of your lesson in the delivery or your classroom management. You might walk away from that lesson and you might say, you know what, John doesn't know what he's talking about. John missed it. He gave me that bad rating. But if you if you're honest with yourself and you're able to reflect and until you really internalize it and say, you know what, I think I think John was right. I was. And, and you truly believe it and you reflect on it yourself. I think that's the only way we're going to grow. I mean, it's, it's hard. Obviously, we have to learn from people that know more than we do 
or that might see things differently than we do. But until we really look that mistake in the face, until we admit it and and we're okay with it. And to, you have to be okay with a mistake. And that, that's another thing. That, that's really hard to be okay with mistakes because they hurt. I mean, the people that come on my bad share things that really, really hurt. I mean, some of them involve tears. They're, they're really emotional. But, you know, I think that's how we're going to grow. All right. So uh, we talked about being vulnerable. One of the things that uh, obviously came up is growth mindset. And, and as we were talking about that, you, you mentioned another word, uh, reflection and, and being reflective. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but like, I, I don't know if it's enough just to say teachers should be reflective. Like how? How can teachers be reflective about their development, their practices, their success, uh, of course, the success of their students? How can they do that? That's a good question. And, you know, the more I think about it, I know I did answer earlier that we have to do this by ourselves, but we also have to, I'm, I'm probably going to contradict what I said earlier. I think we, we have to surround ourselves with people that are willing to be honest with us and people that we trust and people that will tell us how it is. And some, some of the guests have come on and said, you know what, I, I didn't see it, but I had a mentor pull me aside and they, they basically told me how it was. I think another way to be reflective and for teachers to be reflective is that they have to they have to want to get better. And that sounds crazy because I know we, we all want to get better, but sometimes we want to we want to get better for the wrong reasons. I think we want, if, well, no, I, I mean, I think this. that makes a lot of sense because we, we were just talking about growth mindset uh, a couple of minutes ago. And, and I think that's uh, the, the one of the biggest kind of steps in the in the growth process is to you know, just kind of accept that change must happen. And, and uh, you know, when you're reflecting and, and especially uh, if, like you said, you, you bring in other people, you surround yourself with other people who are saying, look, uh, you know, there's room for improvement here. Like you got to, you know, on some level, you got to really uh, take that to heart. No, that's exactly it. Dan. You, you, you saved me there. That's exactly it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm working on on some writing right now. And several of the guests that have come on, I've noticed they were able to take they were able to admit that the way they were doing something wasn't the best way. And they were able to stop what they were doing, do it differently, and move forward. And I, I, I talk about, I write about how difficult that is. Because as much as we want to say, yeah, I, I like to take suggestions and I'll move forward, it's hard. It's hard for someone to admit that they're wrong. It's hard to admit that there's a better way out there. For example, I can give you an example. Todd Nesloni, he was one of my, he was actually my very first guest, very first episode. And he talked about how one summer he had gone to a bunch of conferences and learned about like 12, 15 to 20 different tech tools. And so he went back to school. This is when he was a teacher. Went back to school and tried all these tech tools, tried to implement them in his classroom all at once. And he said it was a bomb. He bombed. He said he was, it was awful. And he talked to a colleague of his and the colleague said, Todd, you're trying too much at once. What you need to do is try just one or two. And so after Christmas, he revamped, he re regrouped and tried one or two and then gradually introduced them into his practice. And he realized that the way he was doing it was wrong. And so he he was able to reflect and say, you know what? I was doing that the wrong way. I had to change it. And I was able to move forward. And I mean, we know where he is now. He's, he's doing wonderful oh, yeah, things for course. a lot of people. All right. So we're, uh, we're winding down here on time. I, I have to ask you, and, and I, I hope that you kind of expected that I would. Let's flip the script here, if I could, and, and ask you, John Harper, what is one my bad moment that you could maybe share with, with my listeners that you've made that you have reflected upon and, and that you wish you hadn't made, but of course, will try hard not to make again? Sure. No, I don't mind that a bit. I, uh, one that I talk about often, it's one of my very first years as an assistant principal. I was on bus duty and I was, I was sitting there watching the buses come in. And I, I really enjoy that time because it's a chance to get to meet parents. It's a, get to, it's a chance to get to see kids when they first come to school. And I was standing there and I watched this one bus and I see this kid literally jump off the first step, 
roundhouse punched this other kid in the shoulder. And I was livid. Being an administrator, being someone who was in charge of discipline and being, the I guess, the adult out there who was in charge, I grabbed that kid by the hand, charged to my office, had the other kid who had hit come with me. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, I laid into him. I said, what in the world are you doing? How dare you punch somebody like that? What were you thinking? And I paused, gave him a chance to finally speak and explain it. And he said, Mr. Harper, this other kid that I just punched stole my bike out of my shed last night. And he was on the bus bragging to everybody about it, basically just talking trash about it. And when I heard that, I thought, whoa, okay. I can kind of see why you're mad right now. I mean, I'm not saying it's right to punch somebody, but I, I think that's kind of the equivalent of someone stealing your car and then riding around the block, you know, honking the horn yeah, and like yelling out the in, window, right? tr- trying to, you know, you know, rubbing it in. And so I really didn't know his full story. And, that, and not while I'm saying that excuses his act of violence, I was really judging that kid and thinking this is just a, a bad kid who's punching somebody and doesn't know how to control his temper. No, this is a kid who had every right to be angry. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't think first. I should have just stopped, taken both kids to my office, and listened. And I had a situation this week, actually, that was it was similar. There was an incident between some kids in the classroom, and I started to make a judgment. But then when I heard what had really gone down, I thought, well, you know what? That would have made me mad, too. Because I think one thing we don't always do is we don't always grant kids their anger. And when we don't do that, I think it's, it's, bad. it's bad. I mean, kids have the right to be angry. Adults have the right to be angry. And I, I regrouped. I thought for a minute, and I was like, okay. You know what? I, I told him, I said, I understand why you're angry. I get it. And so I feel like this was an example of me growing a little bit in that before I would have just said, you know what? You had no reason to go off like that and lose your temper. But having had this other experience about eight years prior, I thought, okay, John, breathe, take a moment, assess it, and, you know, learn from what took place eight years ago. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that part about like allowing kids to be angry because, uh, you know, I don't know about you. I have two kids at home and, and sometimes that's one of the hardest things for me to deal with as a parent is like, you don't want your child to be upset and angry because a, you don't want to see them like that. And B, how dare they be angry at you, you know, but like kids get mad at parents. Like that's, it's just, the way it is we got mad at our parents our kids get mad at us like it it happens and so i think uh you know for me as a parent just the same as you as an administrator in those cases step back and you say look all right be angry for a few minutes let it cool off somebody might have an apology to make but you know you, you live you learn and you and you move on so um, yeah, I think that's totally true. You realize that as uh, as an administrator in a couple of different ways. And um, I'm going to assume that moving forward and actually you already shared that like that first um, instance kind of helped you realize how you should handle this next one, too. And, you know, it was through reflecting and realizing that you could have handled it a, l- a little differently that when it came up again, uh, maybe you did. Absolutely. No. And I, I agree with you. I, know, I can definitely relate because I have a, a 12 and a six year old and there are times where I'm sure I don't grant them their anger. I say, you know what, why are you angry? Or you have no reason to do this. And if I'm honest about it, they probably do. And even if they don't, I have to, I have to grant them that space. And then, at the very least, I have to grant them, I think, the same space and the same time that I do students in my building. And, you know, this is a mistake that I've talked about another one. Oftentimes, we give a lot of our energy away at school, which, I mean, we're supposed to, you know, we're, we're supposed to do the very best we can and treat the people that we work with as our own children. But what happens is then we've given so much away that we come home and we have almost nothing left for our own children. And then our tempers are shorter and we're just not ready to tolerate things that we tolerated from someone else's someone else's child at school. And that's something that I'm working on every single day. 
That's a good point. I feel like that's a conversation for a different day. But uh, I really want to thank you for your time and, and coming on and sharing and, and being vulnerable yourself. You know, that's a lot of what we talked about. And you opened up and shared some my bads that you had made uh, in the past and, and actually one fairly recently. But, uh, you know, thanks again so much. And before we go, if you could just, again, plug those uh, podcasts of yours and tell everybody how they can connect with you. Sure, Dan. Well, first of all, it's my honor to come on. It was a lot of fun talking to you. And the the shows in which you're going to hear a lot of people share vulnerable stories are in my bad. And it's on BAM Radio Network and that new podcast that I'm just starting off where I'm working with Mandy Freilich, who's also co-hosting with me, is called Teacher's Aid. And you can find that on, on BAM Radio Network as well. And what about you yourself? How can people reach out to you and find out more? Probably through Twitter. I'm on Twitter quite often. That's my major uh, social media outlet. And that's my Twitter handle is at John Harper 70 BD. I have to think about that. Sometimes I have to remember all the letters and numbers, but at John Harper 70 BD is the way to contact me. All right, great. Hey, thanks again so much for uh, sharing your bad and for coming on here and giving me, giving me some time and talking about vulnerability and reflection and all that good stuff you dropped. Hey, anytime, my man. My thanks again to John Harper for allowing me to pick his brain a little bit, even about his own mistakes and my bad moments that he's made. We covered a lot. We covered, of course, some of the things that he's learned about the guests that he's interviewed on his podcast. We learned a lot about, again, uh, mistakes that he has made personally and, and grown from them and learned a lot from them. And then even toward the end when we talked about how parenting comes into play with my bad moments and making the connection between parenting and being really great educators who may even sometimes have to allow students to work through their anger. My hope for you is that not only did you get a lot out of this episode and learned a lot from the conversation I had with John, but that you'll reflect on your own practices when it comes to making mistakes and learning and growing from them and with them. If you haven't already connected with John on social media or his website, please look him up on Twitter or the website that he mentioned, johnharper.blog. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite way to listen. Also, if you like what you heard, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. And don't hesitate to leave a positive review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen. For more information, head over to leaderoflearning.com. There you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, ways to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Boxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a Leader of Learning.